Psalm 34, verse 1. Thank you, Lord. We don't have to be bound by fear. Psalm 34, 1, and we'll visit this again a little bit later in the service. Psalm 34, 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Uh, not just when things are going well. Uh, that actually doesn't uh, communicate your faith as effectively. Uh, it, it's pretty easy to praise the Lord when things are going well, but uh, uh, when you get called off work that you're, you can't go to work because they won't let you go to work or, or whatever, you know, we look for uh, several events over the course of the last uh, 24 uh, hours and a little more than that uh, since Friday. And I'm not adding up the hours in my head very well right now. But anyhow, since Friday when we found out about this, and it's amazing, like all event stuff is canceled, all event staff has been sent home. And so it's affecting a lot of people, uh, even in financial ways. Uh, but the psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. In other words, uh, is his praise in your mouth? What's in your mouth? Uh, you know, somebody said, well, it's my tongue. My tongue is in my mouth. You know, I got my, my kids here and some other kids. My tongue is in my mouth, right? Da, da, da. Right? <laughs> well, uh, there should be more than just your tongue in your mouth. It should be uh, the blessing of the Lord or His praise should be continually in our mouth. In other words, yeah, we can talk about the situation. Well, hey, I got called off work or, uh, you know, so-and-so got sick or whatever. Uh, but what should be continually in your mouth is, but praise the Lord. He has set me free from sickness and disease. He set me free from poverty. So even though uh, all this stuff may come against me, it will not defeat me because the greater one lives on the inside of me. And he has, he has encountered every bit of this to every extent already. And he has what defeated it. He is the victor of it. And so if you uh, come and you have a relationship with the one that is victorious over every single sickness, every single disease, every single bit of the curse in any form, any fashion, uh, any um, scent of it, uh, he has defeated all of it. And he is our Lord. And so our Lord in other words, our master, in other words, the one that provides for us and cares for us, uh, watchfully and affectionately, the Bible says, as we cast our cares on him, he defeated all of that and he defeated every bit of it. And so, you know, the enemy through fear and worry, r worry is really a type of fear. And so through fear and worry, the enemy uh, tries to regain territory that he lost uh, to Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus defeated him. He doesn't like the memory of that. And so he tries to cloud our vision and uh, blur the lines and, and um, cause us to believe something that is not true. And that is to believe that poverty has dominion over us. That is to believe that sickness has dominion over us. And all of that, according to what God has said and what Jesus has done, is a lie from the pit of hell, from the believer, that he's trying to get us to receive in order to dominate us. In other words, all his power was taken away. Uh, Jesus went to hell itself. First of all, on the cross, he took all sickness, disease, poverty, and spiritual death. He took all of that, and then he went to hell, and even the penalty in hell, and defeated all of the power of darkness in hell. 
so that there was not one thing in us from the enemy that he did not defeat and that he did not get victory over. And so Jesus, Jesus took care of all of that in all its forms and all of its manifestations. In other words, in every way that it would show up, Jesus defeated it. A hundred percent. Totally defeated. So uh, David said, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. His praise will continually be in my mouth. In other words, I am constantly praising the Lord. I am thanking the Lord. Every time I turn around, I thank the Lord. So every time a bit of fear or worry uh, tries to slip in, and we're not immune from those things, fear and worry will come against you. I'm prophesying to you right now. Right? Fear and worry will come and try to get a place in you, but you don't have to accept it. You don't have to take it. And... Um, with fear and worry or anything from the enemy, it is not in our own power or our own strength that we resist it. The Bible says be strong in the Lord. And it is our union with Jesus Christ that causes His very life and His nature to flow in, into us. And then 2 Corinthians, I think it's 4.14 says um, that we have the same spirit of faith. In other words, what, who had that spirit of faith? Well, Jesus had that spirit of faith. Uh, Jesus had a spirit of faith on him, you know, and uh, Paul had a spirit of faith. And David, uh, when he ran at that giant, that is a manifestation of the spirit of faith. When he said, you know, when the, that giant is speaking words of fear and doom and gloom and defeat and today, you know, you're going to die. Uh, David, with a spirit of faith, he just spoke right back to him. He said, oh, no. He said, today you will die. How dare you defy the living God? Right? You're, you know, and coming against David, who was a man of God, uh, the enemy, Goliath, was actually coming against God himself. And so when the enemy comes against you, whether, no matter what it is, in what form that attack shows up, uh, you know, they're coming against, if you're born again, a child of God. You've been made a new creature in union with Christ Jesus. In other words, the new creature that we have become, uh, this is not just any kind of uh, creature. This is not like a lion or a bear or a reptile or even just a human. But this new creature is a creature whose source of life and whose nature originates from God himself. And so that's how we have the nature of God. In other words, I have his love nature on the inside of me. So, I don't hate anybody. I hate the devil, the work of the devil, but I don't hate any human because I have the love of God on the inside of me and I let his love dominate me and I let his love th flow through me. Well, not only do I have his love nature, but I have his health. In fact, uh, Paul said in Corinthians that the uh, same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of us and he said it quickens or he quickens our mortal bodies. That's this body that you see, uh, death doomed body. In other words, if Jesus doesn't come before uh, you reap a ripe old age in full health, uh, then your body's going to uh, give up your spirit. Your spirit's going to leave your body behind. Um, but our mortal bodies are quickened or made to live by the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of us. And so the Holy Spirit doesn't come with sickness and disease. He comes with perfect health, perfect strength, perfect ability. 
And so what we do is from our hearts, with the heart man believes, from our hearts we believe what God said uh, concerning the curse and concerning pestilence. This, this uh, uh, corona thing, um, you know, I was never much of a drinker, but I understand that there is a, a drink called corona, and so don't drink the corona. Um, and so uh, we don't drink the corona, but Jesus said, is anybody thirsty? Let him come unto me and drink. Not think, but drink. Well, how do you do that? Well, that he's talking about from your heart. Uh, he said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit. And so there's rivers of life on the inside of every believer because the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of every believer. And that life will affect you if you... Uh, receive it from your heart. Praise the Lord. I wish you were here so I could see your face. <laughs> I only got through verse one. Verse two, my soul make her boast in the Lord. The humble will hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. I want that so good. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. So not, not I didn't seek the Lord and he heard me, period. No, I sought the Lord and he heard me. You, you will find him when you seek after him, Jesus said, with all of your heart. And so you just look to the Lord from your heart and say, Lord, you know, I know I shouldn't be afraid, but uh, man, it seems like uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it fear, but I know I'm thinking too much about this. I'm giving this too much of my thought life. I'm giving this too much of my conversation. I'm giving this too much of my time. And so seek the Lord. I sought the Lord and he heard me. He said, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you don't even know. Sometimes the reason we're so uh, stuck, uh, I like during Hurricane Katrina, that general, he, uh, reporters kept asking questions or something. He said, are you stuck on stupid? He said, reporters, you're stuck on stupid. And so I love that. I love that quote. He's like, don't be stuck on stupid because he's trying to save lives and they're asking stupid questions, you know. Uh, and so uh, don't be stuck on stupid. You know, I say that to myself. Uh, don't be stuck on stupid. Seek the Lord, right? So you can get stuck on stupid real easy. Uh, you just these other thoughts and cares and, you know, some of them legitimate. You need to take care of these different things. But sometimes in taking care of the things, uh, we find ourselves uh, with the name above our heads, Martha, instead of the name Mary, right? And so there's things that we have to take care of and attend to. Uh, but Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 and 21, uh, Solomon, by the Spirit of the Lord, said, My son, uh, attend to or take care of or give your first and most attention to what? My words. Let them not depart from before your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Let, let them be on your mouth. Let, let's just turn over there uh, real quick and because um, I'm missing part of it as I'm quoting it and I know that. Proverbs, uh, 
4, I think it is, 20 and 21. My son, attend to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Uh, incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from before your eyes. Keep them, where? In the midst of your heart. So we're to keep his words in the midst of our heart. Do you remember Psalm 119? Uh, I know it's one of the first few verses because it's on the left side of my Bible, right, right near the bottom. It says, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. But then in the margin of my Bible, it actually says, your word have I treasured in my heart. And so I always think about that because I have uh, four younger children and they always want to go search for buried treasure. And so I think like I remember when I was uh, younger and we, we would like make this time capsule box that we buried between these two crab apple trees. And, um, you know, we thought, oh, we'll go uh, dig that up later. And we put some treasure in there, which was really just old metal pieces we found in the yard. And so um, I went to dig it up about 10 years ago and we couldn't find it because my dad cut down the crab apple trees. So I have no idea where it was. We thought we could remember. So if you bury treasure, leave a good map. Um, <laughs> So God gave us the map of his word and he said, hide this in your heart, treasure this in your heart, keep this in your, your most treasured place. And it's my words. And so, uh, let them not depart from before your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart for why? For they are life to those that find them and health to all of their flesh. His words, his words are life. Uh, to all that, what, find them. So you have to find his words. What does that mean? Well, I've got his words right here, so I have found them. No, this is not having found the word, just looking and reading the word, but actually receiving his word in your heart is finding it. And so uh, you, you want to read it and say, like, what is he really trying to say to me? Like, I like to use the example a lot of times, you know, and um, if I... Uh, I say something, uh, you know, the one time I said something uh, short to my wife, just, just kidding. Uh, whenever I have said something short to my wife and I say, Melody, would you please forgive me? I'm not just mouthing words. I'm not just saying, hey, please forgive me because that's an item on my list. No, no, I, I say it from my heart um, because sometimes it's intense enough that she would let me know if I didn't say it from my heart. And uh, so, no, you say it from your heart. Uh, I love you. Please forgive me. Uh, I was wrong. Every man listening to me should practice that. I was wrong. And every woman too. Praise the Lord. Uh, flesh doesn't want to humble itself, but it's, it's great to humble yourself. For my words are life to those that find them and health to all of their flesh. So let his words be your health. Let his words be your healing. Um, Literally, in the margin of my Bible, uh, for the word health, it has a little number two next to it. And if I look down in the margin, which tells me the uh, original Hebrew word, it's the Hebrew word medicine. My words are medicine to all of your flesh. So, uh, you know, I, I, I know the United States, initially they said that uh, somebody said it's going to take them a year and a half to get a vaccine. And then uh, I read uh, this last week that Israel said they'll have one by this coming week or something like that. And the United States, now they said they'll have one within a month. Uh, but you know what? Uh, God actually created a vaccine and it is his word. He sent his word and healed us and delivered us uh, 
uh, he healed us and delivered us with his word. So you can take the medicine or the vaccine of the word. And uh, uh, that's what I take. And uh, if the doctors told me I need to take something too, I could take that too. But uh, I take the medicine of the word. So for their life to those that find them and health to all of their flesh. Uh, verse five. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll repeat verse four again. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Thank God he delivers us from all of our fears. We just simply have to look to him. And over in Philippians chapter four, verse six, where he said, casting all your cares upon the Lord, uh, you know, don't fret or have any anxiety rather about anything, uh, but in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will uh, flood your hearts and minds or guard, stand guard over your hearts and your minds. Uh, well, sometimes you need a guard uh, because you're sleeping. Or you got something else going on. Well, he said, uh, let, let cast all your cares upon me uh, and my peace will stand guard over your heart and over your mind. And we need the peace of God to guard us against all the attacks of the enemy, all of the avenues that he tries to get at us, all of the, the, the ways he thinks he can get access to us. Uh, but we're like, no, if we just refuse, hey, I'm not taking a care. I, I, I gave this over to Jesus. And, you know, if I had like a, a big heavy weight, which sometimes this Bible can be like a heavy weight, um, you know, uh, it's a good thing. But, you know, if I was to take a heavy weight and throw it over on someone else, I would sense that I'm no longer carrying that weight. I would know, hey, hey wait a second, I don't have this. Or if I'm trying to carry something uh, real heavy, we just got back from a trip, so I'm carrying heavy luggage or something like that, and somebody took that piece of luggage out of my hand, I would know it. If I gave it to somebody else, I could just... Oh, kind of have a sigh of relief. And somebody said, oh, you're, you're carrying a, a real heavy thing going on there. I said, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not carrying it. Jesus is carrying it. Yeah, it, it's right there, but I don't have the care of it. I don't have the worry of it. You know, I may have my luggage with me, but someone else is carrying my luggage. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's on a luggage cart. Uh, I'm not having to carry it. I don't have to carry the weight of it. And so... Um, Praise the Lord. I cast my cares on the Lord and I don't fret or have any anxiety, Amplified says, about anything. Uh, but in everything, uh, by prayer and supplication. Supplication is just real earnest prayer seeking the Lord. It's a simple way to say it. And so in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So I, I don't just try to sit there and say, okay, Lord, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to worry about this coronavirus. I'm not going to worry about everything that's shut down. I'm not going to worry about interstate travel being shut down. I'm not, right. Well, cause why I'm focusing on all that stuff. So I just say, Lord, you know, all this stuff that's going on, I'm giving this to you. So it's not an, it's not an act of the willpower that you're overcoming worry with. No, I'm taking those cares or those, those, um, things that I have to deal with. And I'm saying, okay, Lord, uh, you're so much wiser than I am. And so I'm going to give this over to you. I'm not going to carry it because you said don't do it. And, and, and then I would have your peace guard my heart, guard my mind, guard my life. Uh, one translation actually says, and the peace of God will come in like a whole bunch of soldiers into a turbulent country and quiet us. It says a garrison of soldiers and quiet us. And so, man, when you, when you really get those cares over on the Lord, uh, his peace 
will guard you and quiet you. And then he said, and then think on what's lovely, noble, pure, praiseworthy. Think on these things. And so we want to have our thoughts in the right place because our thoughts will dictate our actions. And so we think on what's lovely, noble, pure, praiseworthy. In other words, uh, that's what um, Solomon said in Proverbs, my son, attend to my words. You know, uh, incline your ear to them, keep them before your eyes. So the illustration I like to give is, you know, um, I don't know how they have the camera or whatever, but so you can see me now, but if you're looking through this, then now you see me through the lens of that camera, but also the lens of my hand, right? So your, your vision is through this hand, the way I see you through the camera is through this. And so it's, it's kind of in front of my vision. Well, I don't want that to be cares. I want this to be the Word of God. So I still see that camera. I still see uh, what's going on over there, but I see it through the Word. So there's still something there. There's still something going on. But what's dominating my vision, what's first in front of my eyes, is His words. And so He's saying, look and see that. Look and see what I have said. And so uh, attend to that. Put that first. Give that first place, very first place. And so tithing, uh, it says in Deuteronomy in, the, in the, the Living Bible, it says the purpose of tithing is to teach us to always put God first in our lives. And so there's something about always putting God first in our lives. And so you want to put God first. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these other things will be added to you. So, so we just uh, put God first in everything we do. Verse 5, they looked unto him, and so this is, i got to read 4 again. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. Verse 5, they looked unto him. See, same thing uh, that we read in Proverbs. They looked unto him, and were lightened. Or literally, the margin of my Bible says, and they flowed. They looked unto him and they flowed like out of your belly, like rivers of living water. Uh, and they were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. They looked unto him. And that's where we're, we're going if, if we have time uh, today. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And then remember, just like Moses lifted up the serpent on a pole, Jesus is lifted up on a pole and whoever looked would live. Right? They had this curse come upon them and this disease come upon them. He said, okay, uh, they've been bitten, but anyone that looks upon this serpent on the pole will live. And so it uh, was a type of Jesus Christ. And so look and live, look and live. You know that song? I'm not going to sing it, but there's a song called Look and Live. My brother live. Uh, look to Jesus now and live. I'm kind of still going through it. Look and live. And so we look unto Jesus, the author, this is uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Uh, you know, you could probably sense right now, uh, whenever you, from your spirit, you're looking to the Lord, the atmosphere uh, gets lighter as far as worries and cares and like defeat like oh, I can't do this but it gets thicker and heavier concerning the weighty things of God like yeah that's right amen I, I agree like your spirit the spirit and the word agree your spirit's in fellowship with the Holy Spirit and so uh, your, your, your spirit is like yes that's right amen 
Well, that's because that's why we need to be continually meditating on the Word, put, giving the Word first place in our lives, because if that's what's stirring in our mind, the meditation of our mind or the imagination of our, of our hearts, then that's the direction we will move. And that's what will have deep root in our lives. Uh, but when we let other things uh, get place, and you can do this uh, by accident. So that your, your thought life, you're saying, well, no, I, I'm, I'm putting the Lord first and I'm meditating in the Word. Uh, but if you're not actually doing it, you're just thinking that you do it and you're thinking about doing it, that's not doing it. And so by default then, uh, the most input that you're getting is the direction you're going to go. And so like I, I use that illustration with my little 1984 Ford Escort. You know, I had that radio to my right. And when I first started driving... And, um, you know, I went to reach down to that dial and being an inexperienced driver, uh, I just by default went where I looked. And so I started to go off uh, the right side of the road because the radio was on the right, my right side. Uh, because wherever I was looking, that's where I was going, even though I didn't realize it until I stopped looking there and looked up. And I'm like, <gasps> I'm like on the shoulder because of where I looked, it took me to a different place than what I had intended to go. So in my thought life, I thought I'm driving down the road. I'm just adjusting the radio. Right. But instead of doing it how I'm looking at you now and adjusting the radio so I'm still looking at you, I went down like this and that's the direction that I went. I, I went this way because that's where I was looking. But if you would have asked me when I was looking down and somebody said, uh, do you think you're driving straight on the road? I would say, of course I'm driving straight down the road. That's where I pointed the car. But because of where I was looking, I, I went in that direction. And so uh, I'm just admonishing us today, encouraging us today from the Word of God that we stay looking at the Word, that, that our in, intent, uh, focus, and aim is the Word so that no matter what happens on either the right side of us or the left side of us or behind us, that what is before us is the Word of God. And so that that's the direction that we're going and that's what we're going into and that's what we're partaking of. Uh, you know, Psalm 23 said, He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. It doesn't say He prepared a table and a meal for us and we come into His house and the enemies are all outside far away and they can't see us and we can't see them. He actually, He said, no, He prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. That means in the midst of our enemies, in the midst of these attacks, that we're going to feast from His table. He's going to protect us in the midst of all of this, you know, and He's going to provide for us in the midst of all of it. Now, I want to read to you uh, just a little section from... Um, well, let me finish this in Proverbs and I'll read one more thing to you. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord, verse 7, encamps around about them that fear him and delivers them. So the angel of the Lord encamps around about you, but not just camping around you, encamped around you or stationed around you uh, and delivers you and delivers you. Those that fear him, he delivers so don't fear uh, what the world would bring or the devil would bring, but fear God. And fear, just real simply put, is you understand the weightiness of the matter. 
In other words, if you have a fear of flying, uh, uh, which you shouldn't allow to dominate you, uh, but you should have a healthy understanding. Like uh, I've been a private pilot in the past. I still have my license and everything. I haven't flown recently. But I have a healthy understanding that if the plane hits the ground, like straight down, we'll be dead. Right? So I have a fear of flying, but I'm not afraid to fly. Right? In other words, so I have a fear of God because... He is almighty and he holds uh, the, the world in the palm of his hand. And so uh, I don't have a fear like he's going to hurt me because he has told me in his word what he's like, that he is good and he does good always. And he's good and his mercy endures forever. That means, what does that mean? Well, that means he's not just good and does good things for people that are good to him. No, his mercy endures forever and his mercies are new every morning. So even if you mess up, even when you mess up, especially when you mess up, uh, his mercy lasts, endures forever. And so he's good and he's merciful. And so I'm not fearing him from that sense, but I'm fearing him because he is awesome. And he has great power, right? So a lot of people want to fear the virus because they're like, wow, that thing has great power. I'm saying, don't fear the virus, fear God, right? And really, I say I'm saying it, but that's what the word is saying. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. In other words, uh, you're not going to have, you don't have want of health when you fear him. You don't have want of finance when you fear him. You don't have want of peace when you fear him. You don't have want of stability when you fear him because you are fearing the source of all power, all stability, all peace, all life, all love. Glory to God. I almost want to run if I wasn't tied down with the wire. Don't fear the wire. All right. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing, shall not want any good thing. Hallelujah. That is good. Let's see if I have time to do the other. Okay. We'll just uh, real quickly. I want to read you uh, a little section uh, from uh, Lillian Yeoman's book. Uh, She has a section here called The Praise Cure. And uh, Pastor Mark Angus was talking about this week, and it's such a good section. I thought I just wanted to uh, read it to you. So, there was a missionary to China, uh, uh, and she had the most wonderful healing of smallpox uh, while in the field of, while applying the praise cure. So back in that day, they had this virus that went around, or this disease, or this maybe they would have called it a pandemic or something if they uh, had that back then. Uh, that went around of smallpox and people would uh, die from this, but they'd also get like terrible scars and they would break out all over their body. And so uh, she's teaching about the praise cure. So sometimes, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta praise him. You know, you, you've prayed and if you've prayed, then you just need to begin to praise. In, in uh, Acts 6.25, Paul and Silas were at midnight, they were in prison and um, they prayed and sang praises to God and the prisoners heard him. In other words, they weren't quiet about it. Uh, they were loud enough in their little prison cell, that dungeon, uh, that wet, nasty dungeon where their feet are bound, their hands are bound. They begin to praise the Lord and an earthquake came and everyone's bands were loosed and the gates opened up. So every form of bondage that they were in, in that prison was released. They were loosed from every form uh, just by praying, but not praying alone, praying and praising. 
And, you know, and of course, you think of 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 20, talking about the children of Ammon, uh, Moab, and Mount Seir came against the chil children of Israel. And Jehoshaphat, what did he do when this came against him? He set himself to seek the Lord. He pro proclaimed a fast, set himself to seek the Lord. And then what happened? The Lord spoke. And he said, you know what? I don't want you to put the army out front in this battle. You're actually not even got to fight in this battle. He said, I want you to put the praisers out front. In other words, as you're going into this battle, I want praise to go before you. I want what's on your tongue and on your lips to be my praises. It sounds like Psalm 34, doesn't it? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. And so I don't know if people like Dave would be uh, fearful of that saying, hey, you know, in this thing, uh, you can't bring uh, a gun or anything else. You could just bring bring me a minstrel. Right. Uh, bring your voice and we put you out front. But you'll not have to fight in this battle. The battle is the Lord's. The Lord will fight the battle for you, for me. Right. And so our praise uh, enables him uh, to release his power in a situation. And so anyhow, this is what they're talking about. She, uh, she fearlessly nursed a sister missionary who had the disease, though she had not been vaccinated, uh, standing on God's promise that no plague, plague would come near her dwelling. That's in Psalm chapter 91. Then a very bad case of smallpox uh, is what it looked like to the doctors came on her and she didn't know what to do. So she asked the Lord, and he told her, just like Jehoshaphat, ask the Lord, just like Paul and Silas, they prayed to the Lord, right? Uh, and he told her to sing and to praise him for his faithfulness to his word. Sing and praise him for his faithfulness to the word. They isolated her and told her to lie quiet. But she said if she didn't praise God, the very stones would cry out. So she sang and she praised and praised and praised. The doctor said they feared for her life that the case was serious and awful complications threatened. But she praised and praised and sang and sang. She said she was evidently delirious. Excuse me. He said, the doctor did, that she evidently was delirious, but that he had so little help that he couldn't restrain her. And she sang and sang and praised and praised. They told her that if by any chance she recovered, she would be disfigured for life. This is the report of the doctors, the experts, right? So-called experts, I suppose you say. And she sang and praised louder than ever when they told her that. They asked, why do you pray so much? She answered, because I have so many pox on me. <laughs> You know, sometimes what happens is you see uh, the days getting darker and darker and the symptoms getting worse and worse. And you're like, OK, it's not working. The Lord's not coming through. No, he is faithful. He is faithful. But the devil wants to get a hold of you and he has some sway over the immediate circumstance. And so but if you don't stop and you say, no, I, I, you are faithful to your word. I know you are faithful. You always come through. You will do what you said to do. You watch your word to perform it. And I'm standing on your word. So I know that's what's performed concerning my life. Uh, you will not be disappointed. And so she said, uh, because I have so many pox, I'm praising so much. God shows me I must praise him for each one separately. And she kept right at it. 
the Lord had shown her a vision of two baskets, one containing her praising, it was half full, and the other one which was her testing, and it was full. He told her that the praise basket must be filled so that it would balance out the other, so she kept at it. Her songs and her shouts were so spirit-filled that they were contagious. So instead of her pox being contagious, her songs and her praise was so filled with the spirit that it was contagious. And the Christian nurses said that they could not resist joining in. So you could get such an atmosphere of praise going on. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. He is good. His mercy endures forever. Look what he's done. Look what he's doing. That those that even come in the atmosphere where you're at, they catch it. They catch an attitude of praise. They catch the praise of God from the Spirit of God uh, that you have yielded to and manifested in the room. So they kept the place ringing, the nurses and the patient. At last, the Lord showed her that the praise basket was full and overflowing. She saw it become so heavy that it sank and the testing rose in the air. And in a moment, it seemed the eruption and all attendant symptoms vanished, leaving no trace in the way so much of even a single little scar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So there is a praise cure, and that praise cure will cure uh, sickness and disease, but that praise cure will also uh, cure uh, when you're overwhelmed with financial pressure, other pressures, you don't know what to do, you don't know where to go, uh, you don't know about your job, you don't know what about, what about these family members. Amen. Pray, but don't forget, let's praise. So what I want to end with today is I want to... Uh, First of all, uh, I want to pray for you uh, and ask you, do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior? Because in Him is life and in Him is freedom. He is the source of all life, source of all peace, source of all freedom. And just a minute after I'm, I'm done ministering on this, we're going to pray for our nation. Um, but first of all, if you're not born again, you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, I want to invite you right now to turn your life over to Him. He loves you, uh, He has a plan for you, and He has made a way for you where it seems like there is no way. The devil will tell you lies. The Bible says actually He, he blinds uh, the minds of those who would believe because if they saw the light of the gospel, the truth of the gospel, uh, they would just come. They would just come running. So we just take authority over the devil right now in the name of Jesus that puts blinders on you. And... Uh, if you'd like to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, I want you to pray with me. Just uh, from your heart, pray after me. Say, God, I come in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. I believe that you raised him from the dead. I take him as my Lord. Thank you for saving me, making me brand new, a new creature. In your Son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, email us at info at anchordc.org so we can get some good materials into your hand. And then uh, if you're in the area, come visit us. We'd, we'd love to see you. And, um, you know, in the next few weeks, we don't know where we'll be, but we know we'll be here for sure. But shortly after that, uh, we'll, be, we'll be back together for sure. And uh, we'd love to meet you and, uh, and greet you in the name of the Lord. All right. Now, 
Uh, I want to pray for our nation. Uh, the president has declared today a national day of prayer, and I encourage you, uh, you know, don't just uh, pray now, but we're going to pray and then we're going to praise, right? We're going to pray and then we're going to praise. And so, you know, uh, hopefully if you're a believer, you've already been praying about this, uh, this uh, disease or sickness that's uh, kind of uh, trying to take over the world and definitely has the world's attention. And so uh, you've already been praying, so we're just going to continue to pray and uh, pray a prayer of agreement. So just join with me right now as we pray. Father, we come to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you that you have defeated every sickness and every disease known to man and unknown to man. That anything that the enemy uh, could come up with, that you have already gained victory over through Jesus Christ. So, uh, Father... As believers here in the United States, we uh, have authority in our nation. And so, Father, we command every bit of this disease in all its forms and in all its manifestations, disease, sickness, coronavirus, uh, whatever, 19 thing, we just take authority over you in the name of Jesus and we command you to stop and to release those uh, that you have come upon in the name of Jesus uh, we have authority and we declare uh, you defeated in the name of Jesus. Lift off uh, not only this nation, but around the world. We as believers come against this disease. We stand against this sickness. We say not in our land, not in our nation, not on our planet. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for all of the medical professionals, uh, everyone that's uh, dealing with uh, helping, helping people. We pray, Father, that you'll give them wisdom, knowledge, understanding. Uh, we, we pray, Father, that uh, everything that's needed uh, will be supplied. And Father, we pray uh, that there'll be many hearts and lives that will turn to you uh, as the source of the freedom from fear and the freedom from this disease and the freedom from this sickness. Father, and we pray especially, Father, even for the economies. Father, we thank you that you are our source and our supply. We take authority over the uh, economic situation of our nation. And we say this will not uh, defeat this nation economically. We speak uh, increase and we speak wisdom to those in authority in the economic arena in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you for your word, that you sent your word and healed us and delivered us. And so, Father, having prayed everything we know to pray, Father, we just begin praising you. Thank you. Thank you for taking care of us. Thank you for taking care of this nation. Father, I thank you for taking care of every single person that's watching right now, that you speak to them right now uh, at the point of their need, exactly what they're going through. Father, I thank you for bringing freedom, for bringing health, for bringing finance, for bringing wisdom. Father, we thank you for your wisdom that you give us, that your wisdom is greater and goes further than the wisdom that we have. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to your name. You are good and your mercy endures forever. Your mercy is everlasting. Oh, Father, we thank you right now for he healing in every part of every body, of every person that's listening. Healing in every point, uh, from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet, that nothing will in any ways harm us. Oh, uh, that, that 10,000 may fall to our side. Oh, uh, Father, but it'll not come near us. 
And Father, even for those, Father, that are, are being attacked, we thank you for health and healing for them. We thank you for your healing ministers. We thank you for your healing power. We thank you for your healing anointing. We thank you that you are a God of health and healing. Glory to your name. You are good. You're always good. You do only good. We thank you for your goodness. Oh, hallelujah, that you're good to us today. Oh, that you're good to our nation today. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. 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 Father, just give those doctors wisdom, especially even those in Africa where they don't have as good as systems. Father, just give them wisdom that they know exactly what to do, uh, that they have the, if they need a cure, they come up with that cure and a vaccine, whatever's necessary, that every part, everything uh, uh, come together for your glory and for life and health in Jesus' name. And Father, we, we do pray for our leaders, uh, for wisdom for them in all of the uh, decisions right now that they're making. Father, for Congress, for the Senate, for the executive branch, for uh, Department of Health and Human Services, for the military. Father, for all of those that are, are touched by this as far as uh, needing to make uh, decisions and needing wisdom. Father, we ask that you give them your wisdom. And Father, then that you give them the unction to use your wisdom, that they turn away from man's wisdom and yield to your wisdom, that decisions will be made uh, that uh, promote the spread of the gospel, the contagion of the gospel. And Father, the decisions are made to bring uh, prosperity in people's bodies, in people's finances, in people's lives in every form and every fashion. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.